1: Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. This is your host, Pamela Clark, and it's been a while since I did my own show on Education in the news. But I've um, been recovering from a fairly serious car accident, so hopefully I'll be able to start picking these up. I want to thank Barbara Bolin and Olen Yan Tibet for kind of filling in for me, and they still may do some shows for me in the future, but. Um, welcome um, to this episode, and we're going to get right into it because there's a lot to cover, as always. So, uh, Charlotte McGuire, who is the elected president of the Ohio State Board of Education, to replace resigned previous president. Cleveland.com reports that Ohio State Board of Education elected Charlotte McGuire president Monday morning, replacing Laura Coyer, who resigned last month. McGuire from the Dayton area is a five-year board member who most recently served as board's vice president. After McGuire's election, the board elected member Steve Dakin from the Columbus area as its new vice president. This name should sound familiar to New Heights Show and Education, uh audience because she was one of our past radio hosts where she hosted a show on Common Core. So you can check that out by radio.newheightseducation.org and listen to some of her older shows. Congratulations to Charlotte for her new role. Also, Columbus City Schools helping preschoolers prepare for kindergarten come kindergartens from home. The Columbus Dispatch reports that Veronica Grayson's four-year-old daughter, Kay Viana, is learning how to read even before she sets a foot in the classroom. She is using an online tuition-free preschool program for 20 to 30 minutes every day to the Columbus City Schools and is teaching for English, phonics, and math, her mother said. And Ur- Urbana Schools closed week of thanksgiving for a wellness check the springfield news sun uh, reports that the urbana city school district will be closed the week of thanksgiving for a, a wellness week and and okay and ended its mask requirement now um just a moment here Sorry, I had another. So I um, also have some reports from Smart Brief on special education. And that is for um, from WDIO-TV in Duluth, Minnesota. And the title of it is Program Teaches Students with Disabilities Job Skills. Project SEARCH, all in capital letters, helps smooth the transition between school and independent living for students and young adults with disabilities by providing training and internships so they have valuable job and life skills, says instructor Emily Winker, who teaches students through school districts of Superior and Wisconsin. In addition to work skills, Winker notes that She focuses on soft skills such as asking for help and leading a healthy lifestyle. Want to remind everybody listening that um, we have our own radio show um, on soft skills, and um, you can look that up on radio.newheightseducation.org and look for uh, Victoria Lowry. She is your host for that show. If you want to learn more about soft skills. Okay, and then K-12 dive reports that work-based programs help students. A report by Abdul Latif Jamil, Poverty Action Lab at MIT, found that summer youth employment programs are growing across states and have a positive influence on students in several ways, giving students the opportunity to try different careers and jobs and helps them make better college and career decisions. And in Morriston, New Jersey, the NJ Advance Media uh, and and the NJ, I'm sorry, NJ Board approves changes to teacher certification. The New Jersey State Board of Education is now allowing more prospective teachers to use an alternative path to certification by placing less emphasis on GPAs and test scores. The plan is designed to address the teacher shortage and is set to be piloted over five years in 118 districts. And Bristol Herald Courier in Virginia says that virtual reality labs help students with disabilities bloom. The library at Virginia Middle School in Bristol, Virginia has handicapped accessible virtual reality space for students with disabilities to engage in learning outside the classroom. Donna Mumpower, a special education teacher, says one student with autism who rarely spoke before has seen phenomenal progress, citing the student's speech therapist. Now, we've seen that kind of growth as well through homeschoolers and specifically a homeschool mom that was a nurse that took her children that were can were self-harming and didn't speak at all to living independently and going to college where the professor couldn't even tell that they were that they even had autism so um there's many different kinds of resources that can make those kind of things happen and the first of course is an open mind and belief that it can okay so um, education Week also reported a story on June the first, and it says studies recommend overhaul of special ed funding. The nearly twenty-year-old formula that determines the amount of federal special education funding provided to each state needs to have an overhaul, according to two recent studies. Um, the current data and elimination of gaps that affect some students with disabilities. Those who live in large states and those whose families have low income. And WBT and WBZ TV in Boston reports that um, Massachusetts town offers adaptive bikes for rail trails users. The action Massachusetts Recreation Department has used a state grant to purchase a hand cycle, a recumbent bicycle and a children's tricycle with a back brace so people with disabilities can enjoy the rail trail at the north action reaction area quote it's good to be outside in the fresh air and getting some exercising exercise enjoying what other people are doing says leslie johnson who has a disability and asked the town to acquire the bikes Just a moment, please. While I switch to the next lineup, um, this is another release from Charlotte McGuire, who I, I started to talk about earlier. So, this is dated June 3rd, and it says in Columbus State Board of Education President Charlotte McGuire issues statement regarding. Change in Ohio Department of Education leadership. Today, State Board of Education President Charlotte McGuire issued the following statement about Superintendent Stephen D. Dakin's resignation. Quote, Today I received notice from Stephen D. Dakin of his resignation from the position of Superintendent of Public Instruction. Dr. Stephanie Siddons, who will serve as an interim Superintendent of Public Instruction, effective immediately until the state Board can appoint her as interim superintendent at the board's June meeting. I'm confident that together we will continue the important work in support of Ohio, Ohio's children, families, and future. please. right. The next bit of news I have for you is from Middleweb on SmartBrief, And this is from The Hour in Norwalk, Connecticut. Middle school integrates the arts across the curriculum. Integrating the arts into subjects such as science and language arts help boost student engagement and creativity, says teacher and art coach Elizabeth Simmons of Nathan Howe Middle School in Norwalk, Connecticut. Through activities such as performed interviews and telling stories through freeze frames, students interact with the lesson materials in active, creative ways and also learn critical thinking and problem-solving skills, says Simmons. And MedPage Today says that traumatic events affect the whole community school shootings and other traumatic events affect children and the broader community for years afterward and long-term planning is crucial to address the transgenerational trauma says social worker bonnie rumely who helped with crisis counseling after the shootings at sandy hook elementary in 2012. mental health professionals share the signs of trauma in children such as flashbacks, regression, and physical ailments. Now, my philosophy on this is, I mean, it's just awful when these kinds of things happen, but I really do think there's an easy solution if, you know, our government or our schools can hire veterans of the United States military um, to guard our schools. I think that would be ideal and we wouldn't have these sorts of issues. So, I think that should be seriously looked into. Here's a story from WLUCTV, Nagani, Michigan. Michigan students grow and release salmon into river. Students at North Star Montessori Academy in Marquette, Michigan, recently released about 118 salmon that they had raised from eggs in their classroom. Science teacher Steve Hooper said teachers can cover a variety of topis- topics using the fish program, while Kurt Noel, a co-chair of Salmon in the Classroom, said the effort can introduce students to career opportunities in conservation. In Lumberton, North Carolina, the Robesonian Salmon, uh, stated that interactive platform gets students moving and learning a new software program combines motion sensors led lights and a projector is adding a physical aspect to learning in the l gilbert carroll middle school says principal christopher burton the program offers games and subjects such as social studies and math as well as physical education and mindfulness activities, and helps keep all students engaged, Burton says. Okay, just a moment while I switch to the next one. I also want to bring uh, attention that some of you may not know this as of yet, but the New Heights Educational Group, which is the... um, And myself, Pamela Clark, are the owners of, you know, the the New Heights Show on Education. But um, we had a YouTube channel that was targeted by someone and actually taken down. And it's kind of put a crimp in a lot of things. Uh, And some of our our free online and discounted courses have to be remade. A lot of them we were able to salvage. But we believe that this was a something that should not have happened and that we are, are, are fighting it. So um, just kind of wanted to put that out there and let you know that our YouTube channel recently went down and of course our show is, is on YouTube as well. As far as I know, they haven't taken down any of those shows but I did want to share that with the audience. Okay, and uh, the next story I have for you is from District Administration. And it says, Ideas on providing a supportive culture for teachers. Support and professional development tend to be top of the mind for many teachers, so school leaders need to take steps to demonstrate their commitment to both, says Whitney Green, assistant principal at Otawa Otawa High School in Tennessee, to help keep teachers on board and avoid burnout. Green also recommends leaders have backup plans to reduce uncertainty and provide resources that will save them time. And this is from Chalkbeat in Colorado. Colorado updates system for teacher evaluations. Colorado's teacher evaluations for the 2023-2024 school year will use more specialized ratings and rely less on student test scores. Supporters of the change system say it will shift emphasis through toward teacher growth and improvement. And the Seattle Times reports that weaker worker shortage keeps Washington preschools from full capacity. A short a shortage of workers is a top reason for early childhood organizations are enrolling fewer students than before the pandemic, resulting in smaller or canceled classes, says Joel Ryan, executive director of the Washington Head Start Association. Data shows salaries for college graduates in early education are nearly 22 percent less than those of K-8 teachers, and experts say One-time bonuses don't address retention. This is from EdSource. You can find the whole story on it, but it's it's, um, titled Educators Tout the Benefits of California Pathway Programs. California Governor Gavin Newsom proposed $2 billion in funding for Golden State Pathways. Programs that allow students to prepare for college and workforce and participate in dual enrollment toward post-secondary degrees or cre- credentials. Two California district superintendents, Jill Baker and Kyla Johnson-Trammel, write in this commentary that the programs have beneficial, that have been beneficial for students as they put the main focus on the students themselves. And educational leadership reports that they're reviving collaboration in the classrooms. During the pandemic, whether out of necessity or circumstance, group work and collaboration among students waned or waned in the May issue of educational leadership. University professor Christina Dubois makes a case for why educators need to bring this skill back to the classroom using examples from the business world for best practices. Okay, Just a moment while I bring up the next story here. Okay, this is from Smart Brief on EdTech. And this is from Tech and Learning. And it was released on June the 2nd says online jobs for teachers on summer break educators who will be away from their classrooms this summer have options for side gigs that are completely online such as tutoring or transcription quality control this article lists more ideas for summer from work homework for teachers again you can look that up on tech and learning This is uh, from the Washington Post and was released on June 2nd. It says, survey, only 9% of teens want full remote learning. Although most teenage students prefer in-school learning, black teens are less likely to want to only go to school in person, and Hispanic teens are more likely to want a hybrid learning setup. According to a Pew Research Center report released this week, that looked at how the pandemic has affected learning. Just 9% of teens students prefer to be re- remote the whole time. I'm, I don't think I necessarily agree with this, to be honest with you. Uh, I, the people that I have dealt with in the past, they do not want to be in the public school. And even if they are in the public school, they really would like to find an out and they really enjoy remote learning. And I don't know anyone that took part of the survey um, did you take part in it did you answer any of these questions if you did i'd love to hear from you uh, let me know um, and what your thoughts are on this as well so we're going to take a quick commercial break and we're going to be right back
2: right now, right you, now you, you might know, be struggling might be through your classes up. or even failing them you might be worried that you may not finish high school there might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group. Educational resources to help reach your goals.
0: Imagine your new bathroom
2: Welcome
1: back to the new Hyde Show on Education. This is your host, Pamela Clark. And the next story I have for you is from Ed Surge. And it says, Meta Money Creates 10 Digital Campuses. Meta, the Facebook parent company, has provided money for 10 institutions around the country to create a second digital campus meant to help replicate and encourage students to engage Research already says students may see fondly learning in a virtual reality environment under certain circumstances. So isn't that kind of the opposite of what was just said in the above survey that I had shared with you, the earlier survey? Isn't that kind of interesting? And these all come out of the same, um, you know, smart brief, or this one does anyways, or those two, I should say. Okay, so the next story I have for you, I'm not sure who this is from. It says extra credit, success skills, civics, and prison dorms. Can a focus on social skills or life skills or life success make social, emotional learning more palatable to those resistant to it? Can higher ed reinvent itself and embrace its educators? Read about these and other issues in the latest Extra Credit post. Extra Credit is one of the many education articles that Smart Brief shares outside of its newsletters. I'll get you the address. The web address for this is corp.smartbrief.com and then just look up The keywords of extra credit, and the whole title is "Extra Credit Success Skills: Civics Assessments in Prison Dorms," and it was written by Diane Benson Harrington. Okay, the next. Moment, I got some repeats again. Get to the next one here let's skip this one because there's a lot of repeats like i said this is uh, from ohio ed updates and it's our news clips and this is from the columbus D- dispatch and it says greater columbus high school graduates reflect an- on experiences during covid 19 pandemic Students who lived over half of their high school experience during the coronavirus pandemic have graduated, moving on to the next step in their lives, whether that be college work or other endeavors. The dispatch spoke to eight Columbus area graduating seniors about how they feel about the last two years and how it shaped their high school experiences. So you can go on the Columbus dispatch and you can look that up and then see you know, what those eight students said in more detail. And this is from Richland Source. And it says, Cyber Future. DeWine advisors meet with Mansfield educators to discuss workforce development. Flint Knight, flanked by advisors, Governor Mike DeWine, offered words of encouragement to local cyber educators on Thursday. He pointed to past successful Workforce Development as an example of how north-central Ohio residents will respond to educational employment challenges in the near future. Knight helped lead a trio of DeWine advisors during a day of meetings with representatives from Mansfield Senior High School, the Mid-Ohio Educational Service Center, Madison Comprehension or comprehensive, sorry, High School and Pioneer Career and Technical Center. Again, you can look that up on Richland Source. Dayton NBC2 reports that the U.S. Department of Education helps Ohio students succeed. The U.S. Department of Education is helping more students succeed through Central State University's TRIO Upward Bound Program. On Thursday, May 2nd, the Central State University announced that the U.S. Department of Education is giving the school a $1.6 million federal grant to support the program, which is meant to help historically underrepresented students from find success in college. This program serves 63 students total from Jefferson High School Meadowdale High School and Thurgood Marshall High School students can find weekly academic tutoring as well as help with financial SUR information and course guidance a release by the Central State University said students will also be given access to professional mental health services so one six point million dollars will be distributed between 63 students. Does that ratio seem fair to you? Does your school make that kind of money for the entire school? What is your take on this $1.6 million? I'd love to hear, so reach out uh, with your comments. Cincinnati ABC 5 reported that mentor high EMT training helps fire department with recruiting. The mentor fire department has partnered with mentor high to create an EMT academy to train high school students early and help with recruiting. At mentor high students are saving lives and getting ahead in their careers. Alyssa Cruz and Madison Strauss are both among the first graduating class from the program. Cruz wants to be a doctor and Strauss an EMT. Both say the class helped them ahead of their careers. And also from Cincinnati ABC 5, they also reported that Barberton High School ends school year with farewell to beloved cafeteria manager. At Barberton High School, the magic is created and served in the cafeteria, but for years it has been home to Darylin Cummings, who has led each serving while keeping the show going as cafeteria manager. Uh, Quote, she's really good, says Barberton High School Principal Henry Marin. Quote, one of my definitions of love is care. You care and you do things for others, And I think that's just what she does. Just a moment while I switch to the next stories. Okay, this is from uh, Philanthropy News Digest. And they report that Lucille Packard Children's Hospital of Stanford receives $100 million dollars. The gift, which boosts the foundation's support of hospital to $614 million, will help transform its existing West Ween by increasing the size of the labor and delivery unit so it can handle up to 20% more births and house the hospital's first ever dedicated and physically separate unit for high-risk mothers. Again, you can find that whole story on Candid Philanthropy News Digest. And um, I came across this new web browser recently that I wanted to share with you. I haven't really had much time to check it out. Um, Let me know if you've heard of it before and, and what you think of it. It's called FreeSpoke. And I guess you can use it in place of Google and supposedly it, you know, really shows you everything. Um, Google supposedly blocks certain searches or, or only shares certain information. But freespoke.com supposedly is a browser you can download and use in place of Google. It said, if you've used it or heard of it before, I'd love to hear from you. just a moment okay um this next one this next story i have for you is from fee and we will probably be sharing this on social media or you can view it in one of our upcoming magazines but it was written by laura williams and it says 93 vermont towns have no public schools but great education how do they do it So in tuition towns, that's in parentheses, the funds local governments expect to spend per pupil are instead given directly to the parents of school aged children. In just a couple of weeks, 50 boys with learning disabilities will take to a stage in Vermont, one after the other to recite the Gettysburg Address from memory. It's a daring experiment undertaken each February at Greenwood School and its population of boys who struggled in the public schools, diagnosed with ADD, dyslexia, and executive function impairments. Greenwood's boys stand before an auditorium full of people and once even a Ken Burns documentary crew to recite powerful words many adults would struggle to retain. Many of these young men are residents of Vermont's tuition towns, too small and sparsely populated to support a traditional public school. These towns distribute government education funds to parents who choose the educational experience that is best suited for their family's needs. If the school doesn't perform up to parents' expectations, they can take their children and their tuition dollars they control elsewhere. The Greenwood School is one of more than 100 independent schools in, tiny state, in the tiny state of Vermont, population of 626,000. The whole state has just 90,000 students in K-12 schools. The city school districts of Denver and Albuquerque have more students, and some county districts are twice as large. How can Vermont sustain such a rich network of educational options? It says that 93 percent, or I'm sorry, 93 Vermont towns, excuse me, says that 36 percent of its 255 municipalities have no government-run school at all. If there were enough kids the pot of public money earmarked for education would be used to buy a building and hire teachers in these towns the funds local government expects to spend per pupil are, in, are instead given directly to the parents of school-aged children This method gives lower and middle school or middle I'm sorry this method gives lower and middle income parents The same power or superpower as wealthy families have always had. School choice. Kids aren't assigned to public schools by zip code. Instead, parents have the ability to put their kids in school anywhere to buy the educational experience that best suits them or each child. If that decision doesn't work out, they can change it the following year and try a school that might fit them better. So they have like a little graph on here, and they have some comparisons. And then they have some ag- educational um, alternatives, comparative advantages. They talk about compass schools and graduation rates, and it's it's a pretty lengthy <clears throat> article, in-depth article, if you want to look it up. Just go to org, and use their little search uh search magnifier and type in 93 vermont towns or something like that and you'll be able to find that article fairly easily so you can see all of it and um but we'd love to hear what you you think about it i want to remind everybody listening that um Hillsdale College is continuing to put out some free online college courses. You can find those on our website um, under our learning annex at school.newheightseducation.org and, of course, at Hillsdale College on on their site as well. And then they come out with these really great DVD sets for each of their classes. So if you want to look into purchasing some of those, they really have some great offerings and they really cover... You know, American history quite well. So,
2: yeah, okay.
1: the next bit of news I have for you is from Smart Brief on EdTech. And, just a moment, they do a lot of repeats. Okay, this is from EdSurge, and it says, Why one expert is optimistic about EdTech investment. Aten Batra, founder and general partner at 27 Ventures, is offering a different perspective on the pessimistic outlook for EdTech investments following a decline in tech stocks generally. In this interview, Batra offers two reasons two reasons for his optimism quote, sustainability and evolution of business models and an abundance of talent. And Chalkbeat in Detroit, Michigan, uh, headlined that heat leads Detroit schools to close at 1230 p.m. High temperatures on Tuesday caused the Detroit Public Schools Community District to end the school at 1230 p.m. because of the lack of air conditioning. It was too hot to teach and learn in classrooms. A recently approved district budget includes $125 million to invest in air conditioning for schools. Okay, just a moment to check our time here. Okay, I'm going to be right back. Uh, We're going to have a quick commercial break.
2: educational resources to help reach your goals
0: at one day university
1: Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. This is your host, Pamela Clark. We're joining education in the news. The next news story I have for you is from Edutopia. And it, the title is Ideas on Creating Monologue Lessons for Middle Schoolers. Writing and delivering monologues help build students' writing skills and also hone their public speaking skills, such says teacher Matthew James Friday who uses the practice with 7th grade students. Friday begins the lesson by studying the monologues of teenagers for inspiration before students write and rehearse their own stories. And the Washington Post reports that the youth organization launches AAPI history lessons. The AAPI Youth Rising, an organization founded last year, by middle school students in California, has developed a program that offers free lessons on Asian American and Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander history, which launched as part of Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. The organization is hopeful that more schools will offer such lessons. I want to remind everybody that's interested in these kinds of of lessons that on our annex we have what we call the um, uh, holidays around the world where we delve into different cultures and their backgrounds and their foods and their holidays and, and why they celebrate their holidays. You may be interested to check those out. The next news story I have for you is from the 74, and this is based in um, Oklahoma, Or, and it says Oklahoma adds counselors to address mental health challenges. Oklahoma is hiring 300 counselors to work with students dealing with mental health issues. Using $35 million in funds from the American Rescue Plan, with 181 districts matching the, those funds, The state is using its Oklahoma Counseling Corps and working with Calm Water Center for children and families to support students dealing with trauma, including having a parent who is incarcerated. This story is from Waco, Texas, from KWTX-TV. And it says, camp aimed at boosting skills for students with dyslexia. Students with dyslexia will practice reading and listening comprehension, spelling, phonics, and other skills during a multi-sensory reading camp offered by the Texas Copperas Cove Independent School District, says Lauren Hooten, the district coordinator of special programs. The camp, one of more than 30 offered by this district this summer, will combine kinesthetic, visual, auditory, and vocal activities to reinforce learning, Putin says. This is from Chalkbeat in Colorado. And it says, student test scores weigh less in Colorado's teachers' evaluations. Colorado's teacher evaluations for the 2023-2024 school year will use more specialized ratings, relying less on student test scores. I shared this earlier today. Um, Supporters of the change system say it will shift emphasis toward teacher growth and improvement. So, it's a repeat story.
0: All right.
1: All right. What I have next for you is from Homeschool Legal Defense. And it is titled, Districts Ignore State Policy and Deny Special Needs Services to Homeschoolers. Parents homeschooling kids with special needs have a variety of options for therapies and services. In Tennessee, homeschool students are eligible for the same special education services as private school students. This mom applied to two school districts to obtain special needs services for her homeschool daughter, but both turned her away. To see this whole article, you just go to homes, or hslba.org and you can read all about this family and what they went through and um, what Homeschool Legal Defense did for them. Now, we will be sharing this story on, our, well, possibly on social media, but definitely in an upcoming magazine. So you will be able to find it in there as well. Now, remember, um, Homeschool Legal Defense does offer actual financial aid and helps for homeschool families that have a hardship. They are taking applications now for that, including curriculum grants, homeschooling materials, class co-op fees, educational technology, items, um, therapies for children with special learning needs. So you may want to go on their website and um, use their search to how to apply. Now, I know that you'll need to be a member of um, Homeschool Legal Defense and you can join membership through the New Heights Educational Group. So just contact me if you need that, at yahoo.com and I'll help you uh, figure out how to obtain it. Let's see, they also have they have a lot of articles that they continually uh, share, rotate, and add to. So you can kind of look up what they have uh, when you go to their site for the other one. But they do have a lot that they're offering. Switching, sorry, just a moment. I did want to bring to your attention um, the online reading program that we have. So if you go to newheightseducation.org and you go to programs and scroll down to virtual reading programs, you'll see uh, reading programs for pretty much all age groups from preschool, preschool and up. And we call it reading for a reason and you'll You'll want to check that out, but the reason I'm bringing it up is because the Lima Symphony Orchestra also is offering story time episodes on our site, and you'll see that on the right-hand corner of the site with a visit their website button there. You can listen to them, and um, it's really a fun and lively program where they read different children's books, and I think you'll really like it. And then we have the reading with Rashawn, which is a young six-year-old that reads stories to preschool and first graders. And then we're going to have some second to fifth grade story times, but they're not um, shared yet. Or actually, I'll take that back. There's two. There's two stories under sixth to fifth grade. And then we have... um, See, we have the um, Talk Molly stories, and you may see the ninth to twelfth grade books, the, the Red Umbrella, that is part of what we lost on the YouTube channel. So, you'll see that they're not. Chapter one's there, but then there's a lot missing. So just wait until we get those uploaded for you to start listening to that story. And if you'd like to help read stories to children, let us know, because we could fit you into some of our reading times. Okay, we don't have a lot of time for a lot more, but mm-hmm. do have a little bit more time. Let me see here what I have to share with you. Okay, this is from St. Louis, Missouri. And the full story was covered by St. Louis Public Radio. And it says, Missouri school second graders thrive in bilingual programs. Second graders at a Missouri elementary school learning core subjects in Spanish and English in their district's pilot program and school leaders say they notice a positive change in students' confidence and test scores. Some say bilingual programs are challenging to launch and maintain in the state, but educators at the school want to continue the bilingual classes and start them in earlier grades. Yeah, okay. We have, this is a story from a fast company. it says, Ben and Jerry's leads job program aimed at at-risk use. Ben and Jerry's is working with the Responsible Business Initiative or Justice on, quote, Unlock Potential, a program aimed at providing career opportunities to youth who are at risk of incarceration writes Matthew McCarthy, CEO of Ben and & Jerry's, and Celia Olette CEO of Responsible Business Initiatives for Justice. Quote, Preventing this group from becoming economically disenfranchised by the justice system, we have a tremendous impact on racial equity, they note. And in... Vermont, um, this story was covered by the Bennington Banner, Rutland Herald, and it's titled Vermont Funds Statewide Universal School Mill Program. Vermont Governor Phil Scott has signed a bill to allocate funding for universal school mills during the 2022-2023 school year giving legislators time to find the money to continue the program beyond 2023. A surplus in the state's education fund created the statewide program as well as farm-to-school initiative that enables schools to purchase locally grown products for mills. Sorry. (laughs) A lot of repeats sometimes. Okay. This one is from Candid, Philanthropy News Digest. And the first um, title, or this is like the headline, I should say. Vanderbilt receives $40 billion for Medical Biotech Innovation Center. The gift from the family of retired Coca-Cola executive John Brock III will establish a center to accelerate the discovery, commercialization of biomedical and health science innovations. The Greenlight Fund announces $15 million community investment fund. The American New Cities Fund II, supported by more than 50 philanthropic Philanthropic, excuse me, investors will expand Greenlight's partnership from 11 to 15 cities, working to remove barriers to inclusive prosperity, achieve greater economic mobility, and advance equity in underserved communities by scaling programs that address community identified needs. All right, so. I think that brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you for spending some time with me. And until next time. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.